Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. It's so, so tempting when your marketing isn't really working to think, oh, well, it must be my fee. Because here's the thing, you can actually, quote unquote, solve that problem really easily. All you have to do is lower your fee. All you have to do is get on insurance panels. But marketing, if your marketing isn't working, you might be thinking, well, one, how do I know if it's not working? And then two, holy shit, what do I do to make it work? Like, where do I even start? So it's just so tempting when we're not getting clients, when we're not getting calls, when people are in fact telling us they can't afford our fees or they can't work with us. It's very, very tempting to think, well, that must be the problem, but it's not. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, the bad therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Today, we're talking about one of the most common mistakes that private practice therapists make when it comes to getting more clients, building credibility, and generating reliable income. I'm talking about lowering your fee when you actually have a marketing problem. Let's dive into this. I see this happen all the time with therapists and private practice. They need to make more money and get more clients, and so they lower their fees. They sign up with a bunch of insurance panels, agree to see clients at hours they don't want to work, and say yes to clients who are not going to be a good fit. They do all of these different things in order to get more clients and make more money. But this is really, really short-sighted. For a little while, this might feel better because you have more clients, so you feel full, you feel like you have this full practice, and that, again, in the short term, can feel really good. If you're going from not having clients to having clients, that can absolutely feel like a win. And in many ways it is like no shade. That is sometimes just something we need to do. We need to pay our bills. (laughs) Like we need to get client hours. Like so many of us are just in this position where, you know, we're just doing our very best. And this is okay for a while, but oftentimes it catches up with us. We end up in this situation where we have more clients than we want and we're not earning enough money. 
And given enough time, this eventually will lead to burnout. And this is because you ultimately haven't solved your biggest problem, which is marketing. So if you find yourself saying things like, well, clients won't actually pay a higher fee, or I have to see people at 7 p.m., or everyone wants to use their insurance, then what you actually have is a marketing problem and possibly a sales problem. You don't necessarily have a fee problem. This is not true that no one will be cash paying, no one will pay higher fees. Of all of the people that you can possibly serve in your state and even in your niche, you really only need 10 to 20 like full fee clients to fully fund your business and your life. And again, I'm saying 10 to 20 full fee clients. You may also want to have space on your caseload for people who aren't full fee clients. I know many of us do. But in reality, with the right full fee for you, you would really only need a few people paying that fee in order to fund your business, pay your expenses, and pay yourself. And so when you think about it that way, when you consider, okay, well, I'm licensed in whatever state. I know that many people who listen to this podcast are actually licensed in multiple states. But if you think about in the states in which I'm licensed, in the niche that I have, are there currently 10 to 20 people who would absolutely pay me the fee that I would like to be paid and who would greatly benefit from working with me? Like 100% that is true. And it's this thought that really carried me through building my private practice because I, you know, was raising my fees pretty early on. I mean, I definitely started out with some very, very low rates when I graduated from school. I was charging like $60 a session, I think. And so that was like pretty low. To me, it felt really high at the time. But I pretty quickly was raising it. And so that was hard. You know, it was hard sometimes to maybe not get as many calls as my friends. But, you know, looking back on it now, I think ultimately that did have less to do with my fee and it had to do more with my marketing. And it's so, so tempting when your marketing isn't really working to think, oh, well, it must be my fee. Because here's the thing you can actually quote unquote solve that problem really easily. All you have to do is lower your fee, all you have to do is get on insurance panels. But marketing, If your marketing isn't working, you might be thinking, well, one, how do I know if it's not working? And then two, holy shit, what do I do to make it work? Like, where do I even start? So it's just so tempting when we're not getting clients, when we're not getting calls, when people are in fact telling us they can't afford our fees or they can't work with us because fee. It's very, very tempting to think, well, that must be the problem. But it's not. And again, lowering your fee or seeing a bunch of clients at a very low rate that will ultimately lead to your burnout because you're just working so much, that is really just a short-term fix. So it takes a lot of willingness and kind of courage to be like, all right, I am going to either stick with my fee being what it is and really focus my attention on marketing, knowing that that's going to perhaps take a while. It takes a lot from us to be willing to do that, and it's not the easiest path. But in the long run, it will be the most beneficial path. Once you have your marketing in place and it's really effective, you will be able to reap the benefits from that over and over and over again. With lowering your fee, if that's your strategy to get more clients, you will just end up in a race to the bottom with other therapists, which is essentially what's going on right now. Therapists who are playing the sort of low fee game are in this race to the bottom process because the people who only want cheap therapy or can only access that they are just all in competition with each other. All of these low-fee therapists are in competition with each other. 
And there's really not much they can do to kind of become more attractive to a set of clients besides just continuing to lower their fee. Whereas if you focus on creating really quality and effective marketing, you can choose to continue to serve clients who can only afford therapy at a low fee. You can still continue to work that into your practice. You can calculate and work out what that would need to look like by using a tool like the Magic Sheets. But you can also have higher fee clients that will help subsidize those lower fees and result in revenue in your practice that ultimately funds your business and funds your life. That can actually work out if you have effective, compelling marketing. But if you don't, then you're kind of just at the mercy of trying to lower your fee and see enough clients to make ends meet. So again, I want you to adopt this idea that there are 10 to 20 people in your niche, in the place in which you are licensed, who would not only be willing and able to pay you a fee that would sustain you, but they would be fantastic fits for your practice and you would be able to serve them really, really well. I would love for you to adopt that idea because it's going to be so helpful in motivating you and keeping you moving forward. And I promise that there are that many people. And not only that, but your expertise and your experience is incredibly valuable and that you're worthy of being paid a good wage for your labor. That whole thing that I just said might feel kind of foreign, it might feel kind of fantastic, and it might feel hard to believe. But if you could just like take that in as much as is possible and work on believing that, that is going to be so helpful in propelling you forward. This thought is what really helped me build my business, my therapy practice, and that same thought helped me build the bad therapist business. It's my second six-figure business, and I built it with a relatively small audience. And yes, though it's true that a lot of therapists can't and won't invest money in business coaching, it's also true that there are many, many, many therapists who will. And focusing on marketing to that group of therapists and learning how to convert them into clients allows me to fund my business and my life. And not only that, but do a lot of things for free for the general public. I'm able to produce this podcast for free to listeners regardless of their income. And so once again, that is a model that you can replicate in your private practice. Step up your marketing, get that really working for the people you want to attract, and that will not stop you from offering lower fee therapy to the people that you want to do that for. But what it will do is will allow you to get more people into your practice who can and will pay you a higher rate. It gets you out of that race to the bottom experience and actually allows you to grow and just honestly give you more options. Because again, when your only strategy for getting more clients is lowering your fee, that's that's it. Like all you can continue to do if you're not getting clients is lower your fee more, right? So we have to give you other options if you're going to be able to sustain your business and get out of that trap. So I want to ask you a question, and I want to ask you to be really, really honest with yourself. If you are wanting more clients right now, is the problem truly your fee, or is the problem with your marketing or lack thereof? If you're anything like me, you probably hate the answer to this question. I hated that I needed to market my business. I would hear of these mythical therapists who didn't market their practices and just had a bunch of clients coming in. And to be honest, I really hated that. I was very bitter about it. I was wondering what was wrong with me. It was just all very frustrating. But, you know, all of my crossing my fingers that I might morph into one of these, again, mythical therapists that don't need to market their practices never happened. And 
I wanted the fact that I was a therapist to basically just be enough. Like, I'm a therapist. I have a decade of experience working in mental health. I'm really good at what I do. And you should just hire me was kind of my attitude. And I've talked about that before on the podcast. But that's really just not how business works. Marketing is a core part of any healthy, functional business. And it's not a bad thing. And in fact, it can be a fun and interesting puzzle to solve, which we'll go into uh, a bit later in the podcast. So if you're still not sure, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, Felicia, maybe it still might be, then here's what I want you to do. Go get the Magic Sheets tool, do your budget, run the numbers. This will hold your hand through all of the math bits. I know math can be scary for a lot of us, Um, but it'll hold your hand through all of those parts and you can really find out if your fee is what it needs to be or not. And then you'll know for sure if your fee is the problem or not. This is going to help you calculate it, make sure it's correct for the number of clients you have, for your personal and business expenses, for your financial goals. So go check that out and it will let you know for sure whether or not your fee is the problem. Like I said, lowering your fee takes no time at all and it helps you feel in control and like you're doing something about the problem. Whereas marketing is this puzzle that keeps on shifting as you work on it. If you can have the attitude that puzzles are fun and this isn't just a pain in the neck, then this process will get so much easier for you. And if that feels really inaccessible to you right now, you're really just listening to this and you're in the place of like really being frustrated about marketing, then I would urge you to go back and listen to episode five of the podcast, which is on marketing mindset. That is where I share with you how I changed my approach to marketing, how I moved from a place of really disliking it to being actually quite interested in it and just really shifted my mindset around it. So go listen to that if that's where you're at. Getting good at marketing and really any aspect of building your therapy practice starts with being able to identify the problem or the gap correctly. If your goal is to get more clients or convert more high-fee clients, then you need to understand what part of the process needs work. So let's say that you are wanting to raise your fee in your practice because you want to see less clients and you want to earn more money in your business. So let's say that you've done that and as a result, some clients have left because they are not going to pay a higher fee. And let's say that you don't have new clients coming in yet. Now, in this scenario, it would be very tempting to just lower your fee because it's scary to be having people turn you down. You've maybe lost some clients, your income is lower. And so again, it would be very, very easy to misdiagnose the problem and say, well, see, I raised my fee. Now I don't have clients. Obviously, the problem is my fee. Knowing how to diagnose the correct problem will help you actually come up with a solution. So let's say that you use the magic sheets, you calculated your fee, and actually this is the right fee for you. Maybe you're in a situation in your life where you don't want to see as many clients. And so in order to do that and to meet your financial needs, you do actually need to have a higher fee. Lowering your fee would only put you back in the position you just were trying to get yourself out of, which is seeing more clients than you would like to at this lower fee. So again, lowering your fee doesn't actually solve this problem. In fact, it moves you backwards. So the more likely culprit is that your marketing needs to be stepped up in order to work with your newer business model. Okay, so now I'm going to take you through a series of questions that will help you understand where exactly in the marketing process are things not working and where should you be putting your attention and how should you be solving that problem. This is going to be so helpful because you can apply this very same thought process to all areas of your business. 
So the first question that you should ask yourself if you're wanting to improve your marketing is, are you regularly engaging in your marketing? Can you describe your marketing strategy? If you don't know what your marketing strategy is, or you have maybe had one, but you're not following through with it, before you start questioning if that's the right strategy or not, or go further down a rabbit hole, the first thing you should do is to start executing on the plan that you have, or if you're not there yet, to come up with a plan. And I'm going to point you towards episode six of the podcast because that is where I walk you through how to come up with a really simple marketing strategy. I also have a marketing strategy clinic on my website that you can get if you want to go even deeper into this process. So first things first is, do you know your marketing strategy and are you showing up for it? The next thing is, are you getting traffic to your website, increased followers or engagement on your social media accounts if that's what you're using? Are you getting signups to your email list or emails from directories or referrals from colleagues? So depending on what your marketing strategy is, it might be you know, your website, it could be social media, it could be networking. You would want to check to see, is something happening there? Is traffic increasing on my website? Are my colleagues starting to refer to me? Is this having some traction? Again, it's very easy to kind of look at the very end of the road and say, well, am I getting clients or not? And then if I'm not getting clients, I think, well, everything's ruined. That's a little too far forward. You really should start at the beginning and kind of move stepwise through the process to see what's not working because chances are something's going wrong earlier in the process. So if you've been networking with people, but they're not referring to you, what's the problem there? Do they not really understand what you do? Can they not explain to others why you would be a good fit for them? Are they not actually good referral sources? Like they're not the right types of people or professionals to be connecting with. What is the issue here? And I think in this case, it could be really helpful to even ask people, like, do you know what I do? (laughs) Who would you want to refer to me? You might get some really interesting answers and that could help you know what to say or do differently to convey what you do with your clients. If you are primarily using your website to market, if that's sort of what you're relying on, then you should check to see, is traffic coming to my website? If it's not, what could be the problem? What is happening here that people aren't showing up to my website? When you're using your website as your primary marketing strategy, like that would be the first place someone would find out about you, then generally what we're talking about here is SEO. We're talking about your website needing to rank in searches. And so if that is your goal to use your website as a main source of your marketing and you're not getting traffic, then what you should be looking at is how is the SEO for my website? If you want to take that route, then you would be looking at are my blogs performing in searches? Do I have a Google My Business account? Am I getting links back to my website? And if all of this sounds really foreign to you, I would suggest uh, Therapy SEO. I love them. They're who did SEO for my website, and they have a fantastic course for therapists on SEO. But point being that if your website is intended to be one of your marketing tools, then we want to look at it to see how is it actually performing. So anyway, you can go through each of your different marketing channels and see, is there any traction? And if not, how can I solve that? What needs to happen? Or if there is, how can I grow it? Again, we often are only checking to see, am I getting clients or not? And if we're not, we think it's all trash. But you should actually be looking to see, is there progress happening in this marketing journey? So if you're going from a place of, I'm not 
getting any traffic to my website to I'm getting some traffic to my website, you are moving in the right direction and you should be giving yourself credit for that. Expecting your marketing strategy to just like blossom overnight and all work at once is unfair to you, quite frankly. It's simply not how it typically works. A lot of these things are going to take tweaking over time. And sure, there are people out there who will tell you that you can just do this and it should all work, but that really sucks because when that's not your experience, you think there's something wrong with you. So I'm here to tell you that if that's not your experience, if things just aren't happening overnight, then that's actually quite normal. And it's okay for you to look at the progress you're making and celebrate that. And really, again, just treat this like a puzzle that you get to sort of tinker with over time. And what you're looking for are these improvements. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. You're looking at your marketing channels and you're checking to see, is there traction there? Is there growth there? And if there's not, then you're looking to see where there might be an issue. How can I improve my messaging? How can I improve my SEO? Again, your goals and the problem you're solving are going to be dependent on the specific marketing channel that you are using. All right, so if that is all happening, if you're getting traction, if people are coming to your website, if your social media accounts are growing, if you know your email list is growing, if all of that is happening, then the next thing you want to look at is, are people contacting you? Are potential clients contacting you? Are they reaching out? If they're not reaching out, then what's the issue there? Are they having a hard time finding out how to contact you? Is your contact information buried? Is there not a convenient contact me button? Is your Instagram messy and hard to follow? Like, What could be getting in the way of clients actually reaching out to you? Do they need to know more before they do that? Are they not warmed up enough? So look to see if there are barriers to clients actually reaching out to you. It may be that they have some concerns or objections that you aren't addressing yet. So you could think through what are the possible, like if all the logistics are handled, you're like, yep, I've got a form on my website. I've got a convenient contact me button. All of my contact information is updated. I have laid out the process clearly. If that's happening and people still aren't contacting you, then we would probably want to look at your messaging. Like, do you have a clear message? Are you talking to a specific person? Do they understand that you are the person to help them with this problem? If the answer to that isn't yes, a resounding yes, then something needs to change about your messaging. If they have objections or you're not hearing from them, you might begin to consider, well, what could be getting in the way of this person reaching out to me? And have I addressed that in my marketing? For help with messaging and specifically messaging on your website, go check out episodes 29 and 30. Those will be really, really helpful for you in clarifying your message. Now, let's say that people are finding out about you. They are visiting your website or your referrals are sending you people. Uh, Your messaging is clear. But when you get on calls with people, they're not actually saying yes. So that's the next place to look at. Are people coming all the way, getting through this whole process, and then you're on a call with them to see if they're going to become a client or not, and you all you keep on hearing is no's, right? That would be the next thing to solve in your business. And if you're not converting people in those first sessions, then maybe we need to go back a little bit. Like maybe those people aren't the right fit for you, and it's actually a messaging thing. Maybe you're having people reaching out to you. And you're like, oh, this isn't a fit for me. Maybe you're having people reach out to you who do only want to use their insurance or they want to come in every other week. Like maybe it's a logistical thing. And in some cases in your sales calls, you can um, help them 
understand why coming in more frequently would be helpful. And in some cases, people come into an initial consult with a therapist with a preconceived idea of how much therapy costs that is much lower than what we actually charge. And sometimes it works to just say, oh, yeah, totally makes sense that you would think it costs less. It actually costs this much. Would you like to come in for a first session? And then you can decide if you would like to continue or not. Sometimes that's enough because people, it's not that they can't afford it. They literally were just like, oh, I thought therapy cost this much. And so when you said it was more, my knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, that's too much. But it wasn't because I couldn't afford it. It was because that's just not the number I was used to. So that's sometimes what will happen with people. Of course, there are some people for whom that's not the case. When they say that's too much, they literally mean, I cannot afford that. I don't have that in my budget. And so that's a different category altogether. But for the people who come in that might be going on vacations or purchasing homes or spending lots of money on other things, but simply did not know that therapy could cost a certain amount of money, it may just be a matter of educating them and giving them the option to come into a first session to meet you, have an experience with you, and then see if they would like to continue or not. This is something that happened in my therapy practice not infrequently. People would come in, they would work with me, they'd hear about me, they'd come in for that first session, they'd be like, oh, wait, no, I definitely want to keep on working with you. And then the fee would not be an issue from there on out. So again, you use your discernment. I'm not at all talking about like pressuring people into therapy who like can't afford it or don't want it, whatever. But I just want to name that so often what happens in those moments of I can't afford it is just like sticker shock. They just literally were ignorant and didn't know that therapy could cost that much. So anyway, that is one thing to look at. Like, do you know how to handle those objections and discern what's going on in those sales calls? Do you feel confident in them? Are you shaking in your boots when you say your fee? Are you shaking in your boots when you tell a client that you don't work on weekends or evenings? Like your level of confidence in those calls can be a huge factor in how the client responds. And so getting to have some practice with that, having a system that works for you can go a long way in those sales calls. And if you want to go deeper with that, then I would recommend that you go back and listen to episode seven, which is my sales call slash screening call process for therapy clients. It is such a huge time saver. It is incredibly efficient and effective. It's high converting and it saves you like tons and tons of time and is very like stabilizing for the clients on those calls. So go listen to that. For help more around like confidence and having conversations with clients around money, I have a mini course called the devotional sales practice. And this really comes from a place of approaching sales, not from a place of like pressure, but also not from a place of sort of standing back and having this attitude of like, oh, I also can't handle objections. I'm scared to be on the sales call. It's really a place of approaching the call where you are empowered and the client's empowered. And the whole goal is to help them come to their decision, like their correct decision for them. and. What we tend to do in screening calls or sales calls with clients is at the littlest width of hesitation from the client, a lot of us will just sort of like recoil and get frightened because we're just so afraid of being salesy that we kind of just like totally drop the client in that moment when maybe what they're needing from us is to recognize that they're concerned, they're scared, or they're hesitant, but to stay with them in that process. Again, not from a place of like coercion or pressure, but from a place of like, oh, it makes sense that in this moment when you're on the cusp of making a really radical change in your life that you might also be scared and also have some legitimate concerns. So let's talk about that together. Like that's a place where a lot of therapists will kind of just like fall back. And so 
If you need help with that, go check out the devotional sales practice. It's a really, really beautiful approach to sales. Okay, so now we have gone through the entire journey that a client would go through if they're just finding out about you all the way to becoming a client. So again, if you are looking at your marketing as sort of a monolith, like this one big thing, and the only metric that you're looking at is, am I getting clients or not? Then we need to change that perspective because you're probably not solving the right problems if that's what you're doing. And you're probably not giving yourself credit for the things that are going well. So take a step back from this. Start from the very beginning of your client's journey, how they're finding out about you all the way to that sales or screening call. Go through that entire process and see where are their gaps? Where are people who would be great fits for me and my practice falling off? And how can I help them move from one part of this process to the other more effectively? Don't expect your marketing and sales process to be working perfectly just all at once. Be ready for step-by-step changes over time. The fact is that potential clients are going on a decision-making journey when they begin to consider therapy. They research their options and they consider working with a particular therapist. And there, like we've been talking about, are actually so many steps to them becoming your actual client. And as a business owner, part of your job is to be interested in that journey, to be interested in their journey. My encouragement to you is to be curious about this process because when you're not curious, it actually costs you clients that would otherwise be such a good fit for you and your practice. So break it down and start from the very beginning. Be willing to work on just one step of that process, even if that step is simply engaging with marketing on a regular basis. This will all add up. And I want to encourage you because it can be really demoralizing when we're trying different things to grow our practices and it just doesn't seem to be working. And again, this is often happening just because we're not accurately diagnosing the problem or focusing our efforts. So remember that there is no reason why you can't be successful with the right kind of focused attention. If you want more support on everything I've talked about in this episode, Beyond all the recommendations I've already given you, I want to let you know that I am currently accepting two new clients for private coaching spots. So my private coaching clients get three coaching calls with me every month. We meet together for an entire year and you get my devoted attention on your private practice during that time. My whole goal is to help you grow sustainably and reach your personal goals. Your private practice is not going to be cookie cutter. It's going to be uniquely suited to you. And that is one of my favorite things is to help therapists build private practices that are fully customized to not just their professional goals, but that blend seamlessly with their personal lives as well. So if you're interested in getting more support and working with me directly, then go to my website, go to the private coaching page and fill out the application there. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in today to the podcast. I hope this episode has helped you feel empowered to break marketing in your practice into some bite-sized steps and normalize that there's no magic bullet to marketing. Next week is all about opt-ins and freebies and why you need one to grow your client base. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you found this helpful. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. 
I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.